Good morning, Church Project. How's everybody doing? Good. I'm doing good. Um, anyways, I feel like I'm very echoey, but it's all right. So, anyways, this is this is kind of cool for me because th- this is very new to me. I speak in front of kids all the time. I hardly ever get to speak in front of adults, um, and I've never spoken in front of a church before, like this. So, this is very exciting, but it also feels like a homecoming because the first like sermon I ever did, I was literally standing right here at Dayspring because I've gone to Dayspring my entire life. So, fun stuff. All right. Um, yeah, so thank you, Church Project, for being here, giving me this opportunity. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. Um, anyways, uh, let's just pray real quick uh, just to get us going. God, just uh, thank you for this day. Thank you uh, for um, what you have to say to us today. Um, Thank you that uh, we all made it here today safe, and I pray that you keep us safe throughout our day today. I also pray that you um, continue to just speak to us through this morning, and you speak through me, and um, what you want done will happen today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, Aaron asked me in December to give this message, and so I've had a lot of time to dwell and think on it and meditate on it and put it into practice. And one of those ways that I put it into practice was I've been frequently going to this coffee shop called John Galt. I love that place um, because one of two, actually two reasons. One, best coffee in town, hands down. Second, it's very hipster-like, and I like it. That's where I go to be creative because I'm boring, so I need that energy. Um, Anyways, so one of these times, I I didn't go every day. I tried to go every day, but I I, I went maybe three or four times a week to this coffee shop with the intention of going and saying, God, what do you want from me today? How can you use me in this moment right now as I have this cup of coffee and I'm enjoying it, and I kind of got to pee because I've had too much, but... (laughs) Okay, how can, do I bump into somebody in the way to the bathroom? How do you want me to do this? <laughs> but anyways, so uh, in this moment, I was sitting there, I was having a good day, and I was like, okay, God, like, the sermon's coming up, I gotta have some kind of a story, <laughs> right? So as I'm sitting there saying this, this person walks through the door that I haven't seen in a, a year or so, and I sat there, I'm like, oh no, I don't want to talk to that person. It was, it was one of those awkward experiences where you're at the grocery store and you see somebody, you're like, I'm going to go around to this aisle and just look like I'm looking and like use my peripheral vision so, to see if they don't see me, right? Because it, honestly, there, there's been some bad blood in that relationship. There's been this awkwardness where there's been hurt on both sides. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go... Yeah, I just don't want to deal with this. This is awkward. Yeah, but God just kept on pushing and said, go talk to that person. I sat there, and as I finished my cup of coffee, I was like, well, i got to go get a refill, so I might as well go talk to her. Um, I, I gather up the courage to go talk to this person, and I, and I was like, hey, how's life going? And we start diving into this awesome, re- this awesome uh, conversation about life and about God and about religion, uh, and she actually helped me out with some of my homework <laughs> that I had for um, for school. And after the conversation, I felt very encouraged, and I hope I did the same to her. 
it reminds me of a story. The story is what we're going to read today in Acts chapter 3, 1 through 10. If you're new uh, or don't have a Bible, there are Bibles at the ends of the rows. Um, and it's on page 629. So Acts chapter 3, 1 through 10, starting in verse 1. Sorry, i got to get turn, turn my, my pages real quick. All right. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. It's about 3 p.m. our time. And a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Also, that's pretty awkward. If you've ever been in that situation, like trying to give something and somebody's expecting you're like oh okay it's awkward (laughs) which probably would happen if it happened to me i'm a pretty awkward person (laughs) but um all right so verse six but peter said i have no silver and gold but what i do have i give to you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Do you ever find yourself going throughout your day, passing by people who need a message of hope? I know I do. In fact, I often find myself going throughout my day trying to get all these tasks done and things accomplished that I often miss opportunities. Now imagine Peter and John being so focused on going to the temple to have their experience with God that they just passed by this man that was asking alms. Asking for money because... I find myself doing that all the time. I find myself trying to go to meetings with my bosses, with other people. I'm in a rush because my wife's hungry and I need to give her food or she's going to kill me. You know, I find, my, I find myself in these areas of my life and my daily schedule rushing around and not paying attention to things around me. Do you ever find yourself so busy throughout your day that you don't remember half of the conversations that you had? Because it goes deeper than just hearing of the lame man asking for alms. Think about it. These guys, Peter and John, they went to the temple every day because they were raised that way. They're two good Jewish boys doing their daily routine, going to the ninth hour of prayer 
at the temple. And here's this dude that's lame from walking, that's been lame from birth, and they've laid at the temple every day since he was born, right? So they see him every day. This is a guy that they see every day for years. We don't know how long, but for years. Is this falling? It feels... Okay, I was like, am I, is this falling or am I growing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. How does he... Okay. We'll just, we'll just keep it there. Um, all right, where am I in my notes now? Yeah, all right. So why is this day different? What makes this different? And I think what makes it different is we see in chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit has now entered in the daily lives of us. We see... This is the first time of the movement of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day routines. Because we see Peter, he he gathers the people. This is a gathering, right? Let's be honest. Like this is this as we we as Christians now, this is a daily routine. But outside of the Christian world, it's not really a daily routine. Like brushing your teeth, going, getting breakfast, stuff like that. That's a daily routine. And so now we see the Holy Spirit in a daily routine in its work, in, in its glory. So, yeah, this is the first movement of the Holy Spirit that's happened in a day-to-day setting. So get this church project. There are 37 recorded miracles of Jesus in the Bible. In fact, it says in Scripture in John that all the recordings couldn't... Er, the world couldn't fit all the recordings that Jesus has done. That's a lot of things that Jesus has done, right? So I sit there and I read that. I'm like, why did they only record 37? Why not 35? Why not 40? Why not 50? I don't know. But 37. And as I dug into this, I started seeing that every healing and miracle was a foreshadowing of Jesus' message to the people, the groups, the villages and to his disciples. It was all foreshadowing of what Jesus wanted to say. For instance, Mark 11, 12 through 26. It's when Jesus curses a fig tree. I've always, I love that. Like, he tells a fig tree that it's stupid because it's not bearing fruit. I love that. I just think it's awesome. But he he, he curses this fig tree for not bearing fruit, and then immediately after in Mark 12:15 through 19, he talks about, he, and he goes and cleanses the temple, right? And so he, he curses a fig tree for not bearing fruit, and then he goes into the temple and says, you're not bearing fruit. Then we see um, in Luke 5, 17 through 26, um, we see Jesus in his house in Capernaum. It's so filled with people that there's these guys, these crazy guys that decide, well, we can't fit into the house, so we'll cut a roof in in Jesus' house and lower our friend down because our friend is crippled and we know Jesus can heal him. So again, this is Jesus' house, which begs the question, does that make it a temple because that's where God dwelled? Uh Right? I, I honestly believe that. I think this is a perfect example of... This stupid thing keeps on falling. Okay. 
Do I have another stand up here? Whatever. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll have just Chad come up and hold it. Here, we'll just do this. How about that? Let's take that stand. Um, anyways, so, yeah, we, we see these, this other cripple, this lame man, come to Jesus' house, a temple, and get healed again. Then we also read about the death of Lazarus and how Jesus raised him from the dead. We also know that foreshadowing is Jesus himself being raised from the dead. And I always found it interesting is right after it talks about Lazarus and him being raised from the dead, the, next, the exact next verse is the plot to kill Jesus. As we dig into the book of Acts, we will see more and more how actions lead into the explanation of what God is doing. I'll say that again. As we dig into the book of Acts, we will see more and more how the actions lead into the explanation of what God is doing. In verse 6, Peter says, In Jesus' name, this was to invoke Jesus' presence was with them. From what I have seen in Scripture, I've seen every time God heals a lame man it is at a temple. I find it interesting because I think it's safe to make this assumption. Being a lame man, that's the prime place to be to make the money. Because you're going to a temple in a place filled with people that believe in karma to an extent. Because Jews at this time believe if you're good, good things happen. If you're bad, bad things happen. And so here you are going to a place to go repent for all the things that you've done bad for the week or that day. And you see this person asking for money. I don't know about you, but of course I'm going to give the person money because I want God to see and be like, hey, I'm not that bad. I I helped out a little bit. I'm not that bad. I'm not bad as the other people that walked past them and, and didn't give anything. So, but Peter and John, Peter and John saw something different. Instead of supporting this man in his current lifestyle, they asked him to be part of a new lifestyle by asking him to stand and walk. Just a side note real quick. You know, we work with a lot of youth at Youth for Christ. And to me, what this is saying right here in this moment, it's a lot of like, yeah, it's easy to say, oh yeah, you're, uh, you can't walk, here you go. It's easy to see people in life and be like, Oh, you're homeless. Here you go. Oh, you're, you can't do anything. Here you go. You're not going to accomplish anything in your life. You're, not, you're just going to stay there and nothing's going to change. But what Peter and John did this time is they said, God is going to change you because you're more than just a lame person. You're more than just a homeless person. You're a person. You're a child of God. So Peter and John saw something different. They asked him to be part of a movement. Are you seeing this church project? Jesus' message is for us to stand with the saints because we are the saints. What I find interesting is that John is not the one to ask the man to stand. Instead, it's Peter 
the man who betrayed Jesus three times. So, this does a couple of things. One, it fulfills what Jesus said to Peter when he told him that he was going to be the cornerstone of the church because we see Peter standing them up and moving the church. The church is a movement. The church is a place for us to go and to help those who are in need because we have the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I often think about the burning bush that God used to speak to Moses. I wonder if the bush was always burning with God's presence. I like to think that it does. If so, how many times did Moses walk past this burning bush before he noticed that it was burning? Because he was so focused with his busy life, things to do. Maybe God had to make a lamb stray off so that Moses would finally pay attention to God's presence. Then I start to think of how many burning bushes I am walking past every day. So may you stand and see that you are part of a movement that has been happening since the dawn of time. May you see that the movement is here, it was here, and it is to come. May you go and help others stand to see their purpose. May you also stand and see that you are part of God's kingdom that is here and now and forever.